In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today's gospel lesson starts with an unexpected meeting between a Samaritan woman and Jesus. Jesus had been traveling for quite a while when he decided to stop at Jacob's well, located in a Samaritan city called Sychar. He was tired, hot, and thirsty, and needed a rest. He also needed a long, cool, refreshing drink of water from the well. As he was resting, along came another traveler, a woman, who was traveling alone. It was strange that this woman was traveling at noontime, the hottest hour of the day. Mornings and evenings are the best times to go to draw water from the well. It's cooler then. But this unknown woman came when the sun was high, when other women had already finished their chores at the well and had returned to their homes out of the scorching heat. It was also strange that this woman came alone without anyone to talk to as she traveled the long, hot journey to and from the well in the middle of the day. Why? Why was she traveling alone and why at that time of the day? Perhaps she was alone because of her reputation, for reasons of morality, a personal tragedy, or her own shame. Having gone through five husbands, and even then was living with a man that was not her husband, for whatever reason, she chose to travel alone and at the hottest time of the day, instead of early in the morning, while it was still cool. So maybe that was her plan, to travel when she did to avoid being seen. She wanted to avoid the cruel stares, gossip, and criticism that might be lashed out at her by the other women. Maybe she wanted to completely avoid having an encounter with anyone while at the well. Maybe she chose to travel as she did and when she did for the simple reason of being able to get in and get out as quickly as possible. Whatever her reason for journeying to Jacob's well when she did was unusual. So I'm sure she was startled to find someone else, a man, was at the well when she arrived. That was not a part of her plan. Then the unthinkable happened. The man, Jesus, spoke to her and asked for a drink of water. His behavior was so unusual it shocked the woman. Bewildered, she said to him, I am a Samaritan and you're a Jew. How is it that you ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Her reaction clarifies the customs and taboos of the time. Jewish men did not speak to women or touch them if they were not their wives. Besides, they had to pay attention to the strict rules about ritual cleanliness. But Jesus ignored all of that and spoke to the woman. Surely, she had to regain her composure because this experience was truly beginning to unnerve her. Relations between Jews and Samaritans were hostile. There were long-standing disagreements and animosity toward one another, so none of this felt right. 
But Jesus broke through the existing barriers and customs and asked the woman, a Samaritan woman, a stranger, and an outcast for a drink of water. How is it that you ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? In answering her question about social customs, Jesus bypassed all of that and changed the subject to religion. Jesus answered saying, if, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? But under her breath, she was probably saying, that well is a hundred feet deep and seven feet wide. How do you expect me to give you water and you don't even have a bucket? She said to him, where do you get this living water? Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water that I give will never be thirsty. The water I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. She said to Jesus, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty again and I will never have to come to this well to draw water. I'll never have to go to any well again. The water that Jesus promises is a welcome change from water in wells or cisterns that may be flat or stagnant. Surely, she wanted some of that water. When the woman started her journey to the well that afternoon, it never dawned on her how such an ordinary trip to get water would turn into such a life-changing, extraordinary experience. As she approached the well in the heat of the day and found the stranger, she wasn't expecting that and she never imagined she never imagined she would get caught up in a conversation with someone, let alone a man. It never dawned on her that this strange man with such compassionate eyes that seemed to look directly into her heart would break through barriers to speak to her. But that is what happened. He wasn't like the others. He was different. Jesus looked deep within her and saw something that was valuable, that was precious. He looked beyond the sin and saw the person. When he spoke to her, he spoke to her soul, which was dry, thirsty, and needy. There are many people who are like the woman at the well. Their soul is dry, thirsty, needy, wanting. And although their stories are different, they, are, they hold a common thing together. There is something that is common. They have been isolated, shunned, and shut out by their community. Right now, we're experiencing a different kind of isolation, but it's for safety and health reasons. The hope of this isolation is to slow the spread of the Kenora virus, an unknown virus that is killing people all over the world. 
So where necessary, thousands of people have been quarantined on cruise ships. Others have been asked to self-isolate themselves. And major events that would have drawn thousands of people have been canceled. These and other measures, including social distancing, are necessary to protect society. But that kind of isolation is different from what the woman at the well had been experiencing. We can make a long list of people who for various reasons have been shut out by their community. People with AIDS comes to mind. However, sometimes people are not only shut out by their community, but they are abandoned by their family and friends. Many years ago, a dear friend of mine started taking care of a young man in his 20s whose family abandoned him because he contracted AIDS. She brought him into her home, helped by his medicine, fed him and provided comfort and love. Her family became his, her friends became his. That went on for a few years until his death. She refused to let this young man feel alone, unloved, shunned, and isolated. She refused to let him feel that he was abandoned. Then there are the age-old problems of discrimination, whether based on race, color, sex, sexual orientation, religion, age, disabilities, all can leave people feeling shut out. Without a strong support system, those striving to renew and regain their lives after serving time in prison can feel shut out. These people may or may not have faith, but their souls are thirsty, needy, wanting, and longing for the kind of love and refreshing of spirit that only God can provide. It took a little while for the woman to recover from the fact that Jesus was speaking to her. And when she did, she moved up a little higher in her faith. When Jesus offered her water, she misunderstood what he meant. Jesus was speaking about living water. But the woman immediately thought about water and a bucket. She thought he was talking about running water from a stream or an underground spring. She felt certain that she was going to find access to fresh water where she would never have to return to the well, any well ever again. In a sense, she was right. But then once again, the stranger shifted the conversation, this time from water, a bucket, and her thoughts of an underground stream to something far more personal. Jesus started getting all up into her personal business. The shift in the conversation probably left the woman baffled and reeling. How could it change so quickly from talk about water to a discussion about her husband, something so personal? Jesus truly amazed and troubled the woman because he knew so much about her. She probably felt like running away, leaving the stranger to rest at Jacob's well all by himself. She probably felt too embarrassed to continue the conversation. But she noticed something about this man that made her want to stay. He was different. Unlike the others, this man did not put her down or condemn her, although she was a sinner. 
Instead, Jesus looked beyond the sin and saw the person. Instead of running, instead of turning her away, he reached out to give her the gift of life. Jesus made it clear that all she had to do to receive this gift of living water that does not give out was simply to ask. There weren't any requirements or prerequisitions or prerequisites, and she did not have to clean up her life. She didn't have to do that first in order to receive this living water. All she had to do was to come, just as she was, right then and there, and ask. And she would have received the water of life, the gift of God's amazing grace. Now her faith was beginning to blossom. This conversation that began with a request for some water had begun to transform her thirsty soul. Surely she understood that this was not an ordinary encounter with an ordinary man. This was an encounter with the holy. Surely this man must be a prophet. Mesmerized by this encounter, the woman ran back to the city, leaving her water jugs behind. She began to witness to the people saying, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. Can this be the Messiah? Her testimony was, look, look what he's done for me and to me. The people were so moved by her testimony that they went to see this man for themselves. They even asked Jesus to stay with them for a while, and he stayed two days. And many more people from the village believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. The gospel story took us to Jacob's well, the place where a woman's life was set free like the woman, Jesus, Jesus assures us that God has not forsaken us in our sin. We are forgiven, saved, and refreshed by the living water of his grace. This story, about God, this story is, a, is about God's nature and God's will. It's a story about God's love for you and me and the difference that makes. This story should emphasize how important it is for us to tell our stories. Everyone has a story to tell, and yet every story is different. It's your story. It's about what God has done for you because of his love for you. You may be reluctant to share your story because you may feel that what you have to say wouldn't be of interest to anyone. But think about it. Have you ever heard of God doing something that was boring? If you don't tell your story, if you remain silent, how will God's love ever spread? Do you remember how the gospel story ends? Let me remind you. The scriptures tell us the people told the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This morning, the Samaritan, re the Samaritan woman reaches out to us and invites us to move beyond our comfort 
to move beyond our comfort zone in order to share our faith stories so that others may experience the life-changing power of God's love. Your story is different from my story, and I promise you, there is someone who will cross your path who needs to hear your story. Each one of us is here because we've been touched by God's love, because we have been forgiven. I guess we could pretend that our lives haven't been changed by God's love and grace. I guess we could go along as if nothing was different. But if we remain silent, how will the story of God's love ever spread? When we don't invite others to church to sit right next to us, when we don't tell our faith stories, we deny those we say we love the opportunity to encounter Christ. Remember, there are people who are thirsty, feel isolated and shunned, who need to experience Jesus Christ, the one who can give them living water so they will never be thirsty again. But we have a job. Are we willing to tell our stories? Are we willing to invite others to church with us? We must leave this place. Tell our story. You have one, and I have one. And it's all about the loving, saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>